Hello, and a very good day to you. My name is Jim Harris, and this is Heritage Bible Radio. Heritage Bible Radio is an extension of Heritage Bible Church in Boise, where it's my joy to serve as the teaching pastor. Every day, we devote our radio time to studying a portion of the Word of God so you can know Him better through Jesus Christ and serve Him better through your local church. This week on Heritage Bible Radio, we continue with our study of the book of Ephesians, specifically Ephesians chapter 4, verses 26 through 28, which reads, Be angry, and yet do not sin. Do not let the sun go down on your anger, and do not give the devil an opportunity. He who steals must steal no longer, but rather he must labor performing with his own hands what is good, so that he will have something to share with one who has need. Please listen to Pastor Jim as he teaches from this passage in today's portion of this week's message entitled, Walk in Truth. In our march through the book of Ephesians, where we've been interrupted for a few weeks to do other wonderful things, We are in a section of this book that deals with the walk of the new man. Chapter 4 begins with, um, I urge you, brethren, to walk in a manner worthy of the calling with which we've been called. Walk is is how you live. We've learned about our responsibility to rigorously lay aside the old man and put on the new man. And as we've come to our section where we're going to be dealing today, the the lead into that is chapter 4, verses 20 through 24. But you did not learn Christ in this way. In other words, he's saying about the, the, the futility of the way the unbelievers walk. If indeed you heard Him and were taught in Him just as truth is in Jesus, to lay aside in reference to your former conduct the old man, which is being corrupted in accordance with the lusts of deceit, and to be renewed in the spirit of your mind, and to put on the new man, which in the likeness of God has been created in righteousness and holiness and truth. Now, we massaged that passage pretty thoroughly. We took a little side trip to explain the vital ministry of the body of Christ to itself, to its members which has come to be known as biblical counseling, based squarely on this text, carefully applied in light of the authority and the sufficiency of the Bible. Now, before we enter our text, I want to make sure that we come with the right mindset. Look with me at a picturesque description of what true salvation actually accomplishes in the heart of anyone who comes to God by faith to receive His grace and to be made alive. This is from the Old Testament in the context of living during the era of the Mosaic Law. And this is in the book of Deuteronomy given just before Israel entered the, the, the promised land. But it, it illustrates how we can tell if a person is a genuine believer. It's Deuteronomy chapter 30 verse 6. Moreover, Yahweh your God will circumcise your heart and the heart of your seed to love Yahweh your God with all your heart and with all your soul so that you may live. It's a process of 
spiritual surgery that removes the old and lets you stand new and clean in Him. Now, those words might have kind of a familiar ring. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul. Why would that sound so familiar to you? Well, maybe you've been bumping around in the Gospels. And you know what Jesus said, Matthew chapter 22, verses 35 through 37. One of them, one of those in the crowd, a lawyer, that is one of the scribes who were the scholar, uh, the scholarly wing of the Pharisees, asked him, that's Jesus, one of them, a lawyer, asked him a question, testing him, teacher, which is the great commandment in the law? And he said to him, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. Now, I want you to keep that in mind and the idea that salvation is a transformation of the heart. You've been made into a new creature in Christ. I want you to keep that in mind as we continue to navigate through the end of Ephesians chapter 4. Because there are seven imperatives in this passage, seven commands. We're going to see three of them today. They must be understood in the context of the fact that in Christ, you are a new creature. Your mind has been renewed. Now you are all new. So there's a new orientation to God, a new orientation to His Word, a new orientation to other people. And I say that because... With a series of rapid-fire commands, you could let yourself mentally turn this paragraph into a moralistic lesson about how to be a good person. Now, I'm all in favor of you being a better and better person. I mean, I, I'd like it if you don't, you know, bite my head off when I ask you a, when I ask you a question. But don't let this make you think that you become a Christian by obeying a list of commands. That's not possible. The point of this passage, the point of these commands is that if you are saved by grace through faith, this is the direction that the Holy Spirit will guide you. Doing the things here will be the evidence that you love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. I was talking to Scott Basolo yesterday about how how hard it is to preach after the week you've been at Shepherd's Conference because you've already got your sermon in mind, then you've heard 29 things that you think, oh, that's so good, i got to say that, oh, i got to mix that in. I'm going to restrain myself a little bit, but I am going to uh, borrow something from Paul Twiss. Now, I cannot say it nearly as well as he can because he's English, and so he can make this sound far more scholarly and hyper-spiritual than I can, but he made the point... You can't merely exhort the imperative, you must exult in the indicative. Now, does that give you goosebumps or what? (laughs) What he's saying is, you can't just give the orders, you have to understand who you are ontologically. You've been made new in Christ. Therefore, these imperatives make sense. These commands should be resonating with your soul. Yes, Lord, That's what I want to be like. That's how I want to act because of what you have made me. Now, here's the outline that I would have used had I accomplished all four verses last time, but we'll just lump them together today. Here are three of these seven imperatives. Speak truth, verse 25. Be angry, 
verses 26 and 27, and stop stealing, verse 28. Now, last time we were here in Ephesians, we looked at Ephesians chapter 4, verse 25, and we, and, and we parked there, to be honest. Therefore, laying aside falsehood, speak truth, each one of you with his neighbor, for we are members of one another. That emphasizes and applies a quotation from Zechariah chapter 8, verse 16, emphasizing the important fact that we are members of one another. Apart from your brothers and sisters in Christ, you're not complete. We need each other. We belong to each other. And I would commend that sermon to you in case you didn't hear it or if you need to, if you need to uh, review it. Paul has already said, uh, laying aside falsehood, speak truth, each one of you, back in verse, uh, in verse uh, 15. And then he said it again here in, uh, in, in verse 25, uh, applying the principle of having laid aside the old man, you're going to now uh, put on the new man. So being a Christian is inextricably linked to talking like a Christian. Now, we're members of one another. That's an emphasis here that we have to remember. As we talk about these ways of interacting, it's because we belong to each other. When I um, re-entered the country from uh, Russia, I shamelessly and joyfully exercised my privilege because I am part of a group that has, that's part of the, the, the uh, procedure known as global entry you've ever been out of the country and you, and you come back into a major airport, you know how it is, you get, you, you get ushered along and then uh, they say, uh, enter right here and you go down the line that goes down this way and you turn around and you go down the line that goes this way to the other end of the room and you turn around the line that goes this way and later in the afternoon you get to the customs guy who then says, oh yeah, you're, you're who you say you are, you can, you can come on in, go get, your, go get your suitcase. Well, if you have global entry... I skipped that line. I went over to this place over here. I walked up, and they've made it even easier than it was the last few times I entered. This time I walked up, and it just said, put your face in this frame and push the button. I put my face in the frame, push the button. It says, welcome home, Mr. Harris. That's cool. I mean, about 15 minutes, 20 minutes at least that it, that it saved me. And I belong to that club. I get in just by... Smile. I didn't even smile, just showing my face, and I get in. Now, a lot of people think of Christianity that way. It's the heavenly version of global entry. I just show my face, and I get in, and that's what it's all about. Well, you know what? That's an abominable illustration of what it means to be a Christian. All of us who went through global entry walked up, took our picture, got the receipt, and we zipped on to beat everybody else to baggage claim. None of us stuck around and said, hey, welcome home. Glad to see you. Hey, how about we stop and pray together? Can we have a little Bible study? Let's, let's, let, let's celebrate that we belong to this. No, that wasn't it. But that's the body of Christ. Yes, you get heavenly entry not based on anything you did. When you go and show your face for the heavenly entry, God looks and says, oh, Jesus. He sees us clothed in His righteousness. But between now and then, we belong to each other. 
If you would like this message on Compact Disc, let me know and we'll send it to you. You'll receive the entire message, not just the portion on today's program. You can order by phone at 353-4036 or by writing to us at 7071 West Emerald, Boise, Idaho, 83704 or on the internet at hbc-boise.org. Heritage Bible Radio needs your prayers and your financial support. Once again, you can reach us online at hbc-boise.org or by telephone at 353-4036 or by writing to us at 7071 West Emerald, Boise, Idaho, 83704. And if you need a church home here in the Treasure Valley, I hope you'll visit us any Sunday at 7071 West Emerald. For Heritage Bible Radio, I'm Jim Harris. See you next time. Bye-bye.